airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What should be every Christian's deepest desire right now at this moment in our nation's history? Hi, with that question, I welcome you to today's edition of Airing the Addisons. Alex McFarland here. Very honored to be sitting in for a couple of days for Will and Mickey Addison, two people for whom I have the highest respect. And you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. This is Airing the Addisons, and uh, big shoes to fill. I don't quite feel worthy of it, but I am much appreciative of the opportunity to sit in and be with you for a few days. You know, we've got some exciting stuff we're going to do this week on Airing the Addisons, and I believe some beneficial stuff in this show, and I do welcome you. Some of you may recognize my name because um, it's my privilege to do a show we've done for 10 years now. We're in our 10th year of Exploring the Word, which is heard in the afternoons on the American Family Radio Network. Bert Harper and I go through books of the Bible, and uh, we've been going through the book of Ecclesiastes and uh, a lot of other you know, we Old and New Testament, we go back and forth and we take listener calls. We're going to take calls on this show, too. In fact, I'm going to give you some information, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this question. As a, a poll today shows that uh, something like 3 in 10 support uh, impeachment uh, for Trump. Um, one poll said a 58% majority of Americans say House Democrats were right to begin an impeachment inquiry of President Trump. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the words of Abraham Lincoln in the 19th century when he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I'm going to come back a little bit uh, and read a quote that uh, John F. Kennedy gave in 1961, but uh, I'll throw this out as we talk about present news and past history. You know, what do you think, if you're a believer— and I'm, I'm going to assume that probably the majority of people listening to this program are Christian believers. If you're a believer in Christ, you're a follower of Jesus, and you're an American and you love this country, you, you love God and country, as I do, you know, what should be your, your heart, um, your, your posture right now? What should be every Christian's deepest desire or priority at this at this point in our nation's history. I'm going to give the number, and we're, we do have time for a, a call or two in this first segment. The number, if you want to weigh in on this question, what should be every Christian's deepest desire? 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are. As a Christian, let's say you're a Christian, you're a patriot, you love God and country, and like myself, you're concerned, all of this impeachment business and borders and uh, states. There was just a poll two days ago of the, the top four worst states in America in which to live, and uh, the misery index, they call it. And, and this is not my opinion. I've been to all of these places. They were talking about parts of Indiana, New Jersey, 
uh, and California and Florida. And interestingly, I've been in California, New Jersey, and Florida this year. I'm going to be going back to Florida to speak again. I haven't been to Indiana in a couple of years, but, you know, talking about homelessness, drug abuse, deaths from uh, overdoses, um, violent crimes, the murder rate, uh, shoplifting, uh, domestic violence, um, uh, the dropout rate, you know, increasingly... This, this misery index seems to be growing around America. So in light of that, you know, politically, socially, really spiritually, what should be every Christian's desire at this point? Do you have an answer? If, if, if the Lord were here and Jesus said, okay, child, name it, and I'll, I'll do whatever you ask me. I mean, you could say, Lord, you know, uh, convert Hollywood, you know, bring the media to Christ, whatever. What would be your prayer request? What should be every Christian's deepest desire? And if you want to respond to that, the number is 888 And I do see we have some calls I'm going to get to in just a second. But I want to say this. Next week, share is coming up, and uh, we need listener testimonies. If the American Family Radio Network, if the American Family Association, the, the journal, all the resources we create, if this ministry has touched your life in some beneficial way, hey, let us know about it. Now, listen carefully. This is not the call-in number for the show. But if, if you would record just a word of encouragement for this great ministry, God touched my life in this way or that way, the number for listener testimonies that we will uh, play during share is 877-876-8893. 877-876-8893 for listener testimonies. And, you know, as a guy that uh, I travel a lot uh, speaking, evangelizing, I love to do that, and I was in the Atlanta airport just uh, a week ago, and uh, somebody came up to me, and they said, Alex McFarland. You know, it's always really funny when people see me, like, in an airport. They'll go, oh, my goodness, I heard your voice, Alex McFarland, off of Exploring the Word? And I'm like, yeah. And they'll always look me up and down, and they'll go, huh. <laughs> I'm like, it's a letdown, isn't it? But, uh, no, people, I meet people everywhere that have either come to the Lord or come back to the Lord through American Family Radio, and so we love to hear your listener testimonies. And uh, we're going to go to JJ in Indiana in just a minute, but the number to call into the show today, uh, what should be every Christian's deepest desire, what should be every Christian's priority, 888 but right now we're going to go to Indiana. JJ, uh, talk to me, JJ, what do you think? Hey, um, I, I just think in my heart that... Um, I think the president is a bad man. I think he he kind of tricked his way into the office, and I think he's guiding us down the wrong road. I just he he makes me feel kind of bad all over. And um, my my hopes are that uh, people will see the truth and see that he is a, a con artist. He's a liar. He's a adulterous uh, lech. I, I I just think he's leading us down the wrong path. And I will uh, listen uh, off the phone on the air to, to hear any answers. So um, I I, I'm just curious, in, uh, d- if, you, if you would care to say, um, d- did you vote for President Trump? I'm Canadian. I, I am a, I'm a, a resident alien in this wonderful country, and I'm not allowed to vote. Oh, okay, okay. All right. And, yep. and you're a believer, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. And so, like, if you had one prayer request on your heart, what would it be these days? 
um, either for him to see the, the the way forward to to do the right thing, or for the country to see uh, the way forward to do the right thing and remove him. Right. Um. Exactly. For what reason would you think he should be removed? Because he's I I don't think he knows what he's doing. I think he shoots from the hip, and he has no knowledge in that hip. It's um, he, the the country is continuing in spite of him, not because of him. Right. If there's a um, he 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 staffed like he he barely staffed the offices that need to be filled. He um, it, like the, in the transition, there was a whole group of people uh, to help him help his his team transition into the White House, and he ignored it. He didn't. No one was sent. There was people sitting there for a couple of weeks waiting to you know to show his people, and they, no one showed up. Well, he, hey, um, let me say this. Um, hang with me for just a second. I'm going to later in in the week get into the pluses and minuses, but but let me just say this. Um, because I want to stay on kind of my thought here about what should be every Christian's deepest desire, but, you know, putting pro-life constitutionalists on the Supreme Court, um, building our alliance with Israel and uh, worldwide terrorism is down, best economy in 50 years. Uh, I mean, Reagan would have envied the economy that we have right now. And in fact, for um, women and minorities, lowest unemployment like in measurable history um, now, I will grant you that the Democrat progressives and the left have done nothing but work for three years to obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. But generally, um, when they're looking at the uh, effectiveness of a president, they look at the economy, they, they look at um, national defense, they look, like, um, they look at you know, foreign policy, they look at things like immigration, INS. So economically, socially, st- stably, now, apart from the media that hates Trump and will do anything to hamstring his presidency, even if, at the expense of harming the country, I mean, the economy, foreign policy, um, you know, unemployment numbers, uh, what is there to gripe about exactly? I, I get it. You don't like him, and millions don't. But in terms of what a president is supposed to do, I mean, my goodness, Obama never came close to any of the success of of Trump. Reagan and certainly, certainly, um, Daddy Bush didn't. Um, so, what exactly is wrong with the way that he's governing? Okay, well, all right, we're going to come back. Let's go now. Uh, can we go to Kansas with Glenn? Glenn. What should be every Christian's deepest desire? Hey, Glenn, are you there? Oh, yeah. I thought you were still talking to the other guy. I'm sorry. Uh, I know. We lost him. Hey, folks, 888-589-8840. Glenn, what part of Kansas are you in, my friend? Central, north, uh, central Kansas. Oh, love it out there. Been out there a number of times. Hey, what should be every Christian's uh, deepest desire right now? please God more. Amen. To please God more. That's good. How do we go about doing that? Well, you draw near to him, and he draws near to you, and you need to share his word with others. Tell people about Jesus. That's what he told me one day. Amen. We all need to do that. Uh, That would change our country for sure, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Uh, 
about Donald Trump, the last speaker, uh, it took bad business to get the country in the shape it's in. And Donald Trump is a good businessman. And like you said, he has supported pro-life. He has supported the National Day of Prayer. Big time. He supported good and godly things in our government. And that's why this far-left government is trying to do everything they can do to get rid of him. But rest assured, if God put him in there, and because of what it says in the book of Daniel, God decides who's in power, I believe that only God will be able to take him out of there. It, we, yeah. No weapon formed against him will prosper. Well, we really need to, do, to pray. And do you know what? Um, last year, our ministry did a lot of work for National Day of Prayer to get youth involved in NDP. And I met, I've met a number of times over the last year with the leaders of the National Day of Prayer, it was funny how they told me that, um, you know, the first National Day of Prayer under President Obama's first term, now keep in mind, these are the leaders of National Day of Prayer, they were told not to say Jesus, not to pray in Jesus' name, and uh, they said, you know, during the first NDP, May of 2017, in the Trump administration, that uh, it was okay to say Jesus again. Just food for thought. Hey, this is airing the Addisons. You're listening to Alex McFarland on the American Family Radio Network, sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. We're talking about what should be every Christian's deepest desire. We've got a little bit of time before this first break. Cynthia in Texas, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Thanks for listening. What should be every Christian's deepest desire? And if you don't mind, turn your radio down so it doesn't uh, reverb there. Well, I don't have it on. Can you hear something? I did for a second. I heard a little bit of something. But what's on, what's on your heart? Quickly, we've got a break. Talk to me. Um, I wish that all Christians would fall on their faces before God and ask Him to set a fire under every one of us to pray that He would defeat this evil movement uh, that's sweeping our country, all this immorality and all those things that he's the only one that can defeat it, I think. And so I think we ought to ask him. Cynthia, uh, you get a big amen from me. I want to thank you for calling in. Now, folks, we've got a break, and when we come back, we're going to have more and a very special guest. Cynthia's right. We need to get on our face and pray for a fire of God's presence and God's leading in our country. Airing the Addisons on the American Family Radio Network. Stay tuned. We're back after this brief break. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey. Where is history headed? What's the meaning of it all in the end? How is the story going to conclude? Dr. Al Mohler from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. The Bible's promise of, of what is coming is that the righteousness and justice of God will be comprehensively applied under the Lordship of Christ with everything brought under submission to Him under His feet. And it's at that point that there will be no uh, tears and, and, and no more crying. It's only at that point that the, the, the lame will leap for joy. It's only at that point that things that are now so wrong will be made right. And of course, that also comes with the promise of heaven and the very real threat of hell in people headed for either heaven or hell, every single human being who ever lived. 
visit thegodwhospeaks.org. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. The Ministry of Preborn invites you to share your pro-life message through sharing heartbeats. You see, when a young woman considering abortion sees her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her preborn baby. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasound sessions in the nation. Sharing heartbeats with young moms in crisis to help them choose life. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Farland here, sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. Hey, I do want to say that we're so excited. Mickey Addison is going to be one of our speakers Friday in Richmond, Virginia. So if you're in Virginia, although technically you have time to come to Virginia from wherever you are, but you know, I, I would imagine at this point probably a lot of people in the mid-Atlantic region are most likely to uh, come at this last minute. But Truth For a New Generation is an apologetics worldview conference. We've been doing it for about 22 years, and we've got a great event, October 11 and 12, that's this Friday and Saturday, in Richmond, Virginia. There's going to be Todd Starnes from Fox News, formerly of Fox News, an amazing commentator, Bill Federer, William J. Federer, the God and Country historian that is just amazing, Kamal Saleem, a former Muslim uh, who is going to share his testimony of coming to Christ and give insights about what's going on internationally, politically, spiritually. A lot of incredible speakers. Chuck Chrismeyer, who's an attorney with a, a ministry that's all about saving America and protecting our Constitution. Sessions for all ages. Tina Marie Griffin, I almost forgot to me, uh, mention Tina Marie Griffin, who is known online as the counterculture mom. She was an actress in Hollywood for a lot of years, in a lot of movies, uh, national television programs. I guarantee you've seen her. But Tina Marie Griffin is probably 
one of the most popular speakers we've been using in the last few years. And here's what you're going to get at Truth for a New Generation. You're going to get answers to the tough questions about how do you know God exists? How do you know the Bible is true? You're going to get scripture that speaks to today's issues. Does the Bible have relevancy today? And from the words of Scripture, can we learn how to understand the news of the day? Truth to build your life upon. Truth for a new generation is for all ages. And you know, you know, it's funny, folks, listen to this, and I want to bring our guest on. Just moments before I sat down to do Airing the Addisons today, I was talking to a mother, her 16-year-old son, raised in church, but going astray already at 16. And she said, what can we do to bring my, my son back to Christ? Folks, you need things like Truth for a New Generation uh, to build a biblical worldview in the lives of young people. So go to the website, truthforanewgeneration.com, truth, F-O-R, truthforanewgeneration.com. It's an amazing two-day event. We're going to be talking about creation, evolution, the truth of the Bible, the, the Christian Foundation of America. Miki Addison will be there, along with a, a half dozen other amazing speakers, great music, great content. It will change your life. I want to see you in Richmond, Virginia, this Friday and Saturday at TNG. Hey, well, let me tell you about a great friend of mine, Pastor Paul Blair. Uh, we first met several years ago at um, a great event. He's a pastor. He's an author. He's a thinker, he's a defender of God and country, and he's also leading something called the Liberty Pastors Network. Uh, it was my privilege over the last about six weeks to speak in two just powerhouse events that he did in Florida. And he's a guy, uh, like few people I know, he has unique insight and understanding into what's going on in the culture. I wanted to have him on the AFR Network today, and uh, Paul... Paul, you've been holding a few minutes while I kind of ramped this up. Thanks, my dear friend. Uh, welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. It's my pleasure to be on with you. Thank you for the invite. Hey, man. Well, listen, I always love to know what you're thinking. I love to hear your insights. Before we go uh, too much farther, um, tell people how they can find you. I know you've probably got a website or two. And, who, you know, if you happen to be in the Oklahoma City area— He's pastor of one of America's great churches, uh, if you're out that way as well. But give us well, kind of the, the bio, Paul. You can find a lot. Of course, if you want bio, I'm an I'm a ex-professional football player. I used to make my living running into people. And uh, I was called <laughs> into ministry 20 years ago, actually later in age. Uh, I don't believe that pastoring is a job. I don't believe it's a career. I believe it's a calling. And, uh, you know, I was a uh, pastor's kid uh, who was very happy with uh, my uh, career uh, at the time, but God called me into ministry, and of course the safest place to be is right in the middle of God's will. And although I've always had great respect for pastors, I personally didn't want to be one, but this was where God was calling. So, you know, I said yes, and we've now 20 years on down the road. Uh, most recently, I've been dealing with throat cancer, and of course the devil is alive and well and doing his best to try to knock out uh, those that are in opposition to his work, and best place to hit a preacher is in his throat. But mm. uh, thanks to my friends at MD Anderson and, and a lot of folks around the country praying for me, we seem to be uh, doing well right now. All the most recent tests have, have been good, so I am recovering from that. And as you Praise said, God. I pastored a church here in Oklahoma City called Fairview Baptist Church. If folks are interested, they can go to our website, fairviewbaptistedmond.org and been here for 20 years, but we are outside-the-box thinkers. 
we are actually working heavily. We've expanded ministry into the state of Florida, and uh, we are doing these Liberty Pastors training camps, as we can talk about in a moment. But uh, we also planted a church there called Liberty Church Orlando, and we're just a crazy bunch of people who planted the church there and then sent their senior pastor to plant the church. So we are working diligently in the state of Florida right now. It just seems that God has opened up a number of doors down there. So uh, we are working diligently. And then, uh, Alex, thank you so much for your willingness to be a part of what we are doing, because you know, as a pastor, I happen to know that breed pretty well. And quite frankly, there's uh, some areas in, in our educational background that we fall short in, and uh, one of which is apologetics, and the other is biblical worldview. And yeah. uh, that's what our primary focus is with these Liberty Pastors training camps, trying to get pastors to think about things and read the Bible, perhaps, in a way that they've not read it before. You know, quite frankly, the Bible is more than just how to get to heaven. Uh, obviously, it's a book of history, it's a book of prophecy, it's God's love letter to mankind, and there's so much in it. But there's also basic instruction before leaving earth. You know, how now shall Amen. we live? You know, and whereas, brother, you know, of course, we've talked about this on many times, it's amazing that modern Christianity has adopted the Greek influence of compartmentalization where we in the modern American church have basically compartmentalized our Christianity into something that we do on Sunday, but uh, we don't take it with us to work on Monday. Uh, and, and then, of course, the old dilemma of, well, you can't talk about that in church. Well, it, from the Jewish perspective, it's whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So if I'm doing it, if it's something I'm involved in in any way, then I should be searching the Scripture to see if God's any direction on how I should be doing what I'm doing. So quite frankly, there, there's nothing that should be off-limits. And that's sure. one of the problems we have today, is we have uh, so many Christians learning so much about, or basically making decisions in so much of their lives based upon secular influence rather than a biblical background. So that's what we're doing or diligently addressing with this uh, Liberty Pastors training camps. And as you've seen, you know, we've just oh, had they a handful powerful, of them so far. Powerful. Oh, and the response has been overwhelming from these men. So we're thrilled oh. with what we've seen. Do you, do you know what blessed my heart? When we did the first of the Liberty Pastors, you know, uh, seminars, I suppose it was about five weeks ago, five, six weeks ago in um, Orlando, Orlando, wasn't it? And, and you, what was exciting, I mean, there were a lot of, several hundred uh, men and, and women there, and there were some young guys. There was one young pastor I talked to, and he was maybe 25, and I mean, we went over biblical worldview and the mm -hmm. gospel and, you know, defending marriage, defending right. life, everything that James Dobson, Chuck Colson, and yourself would be all about. And I mean, this guy, he was so grateful and so hungry. And he and some of his staff were there, and they were like, we need this. And so, God bless you. Do you know when the next uh, Liberty Pastors training camp will be? We don't have it scheduled yet. We just had, uh, of course, two wonderful ones. We did this one in Orlando with 100 pastors and their wives. And then we did 100 Latino pastors, as you know, in Miami. And we had translators and everything. And, of course, just hit a home run with both of these. The pastors were just overwhelmed. And we are willing to work wherever, uh, uh, wherever we have an audience, quite frankly. And we are, we are heavily focused on the state of Florida. So we will be doing follow-up, continuing education 
literally across the state of Florida. And uh, we hope to develop right now. We've got 218 pastors that have completed educational training and are on board with us. We want that number to continue growing. Uh, uh, we've got a base in Oklahoma, of course, where the uh, our, our main church is located. We've also done work in Texas, and we've been out speaking in other states, planting seeds everywhere from you know Idaho to Pennsylvania to Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri. So you know we were we are more than willing to uh, to bring this uh, to any church to any community. Uh, our goal is this, and quite frankly, we're not just targeting pastors, although that is the target. Because pastors are uh, have been assigned the primary responsibility of, and get this, making yeah. disciples. You know, the Great Amen. Commission, Alex doesn't tell us to go and make prayer prayers or pew sitters or, or anything else. We're supposed to be making disciples. And what is a disciple? A follower of Christ. And, of course, the commission was to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Well, what is God's book of instructions? Well, it doesn't just begin with the letters in red in the Gospels. It begins in Genesis 1, as you were talking about with the importance of creation. It goes all the way through Revelation 22. So, uh, you know, there, we're to be taught all of this and how the Bible and how what God has given us instruction in every area of our life. And that's what making a disciple is. So, well, our primary target is pastors, because pastors are the primary teachers and preachers. We certainly are open to, we want everybody to attend that can attend. So I'll tell you what, they can go to our website, uh, reclaimingamericaforchrist.org, uh, uh, I don't even remember what it is. Just go Reclaiming America for Christ, you'll find it. And uh, well, watch, uh, watch a highlight video that we've got there. And then if folks have any interest or any, or we've got a phone number on that main page, I also encourage them to add their email address on that main page so they can get some of our updates and we will keep them up to date on the work that we're doing on action items. And like you said, buddy, we're working heavily in the state of Florida right now, uh, but we are willing to uh, we are willing to go anywhere where we can uh, we have folks that have it, wherever the Holy Spirit's working, let's put it that way. You know, um, I heard this definition of a disciple. I thought it was really good that a disciple is a consistent, obedient, learning follower of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm so glad you, you said that. There is the sinner's prayer— yeah. And and you know I do believe believe Romans ten thirteen whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but you're right Paul. I mean we weren't just called to make converts but disciples, right. Right. not just persuade somebody to recite a paragraph of words. But friend, um, if you're in the ministry or if you're a, a Christian or a parent, um, that is the great commission to make yeah. disciples of all nations. And, and that's one thing, I, buddy. That's one thing that concerns me uh, as much as anything. Is you know you see these great churches, you see churches that boast of memberships of you know fifty thousand or a hundred thousand, yet you spend a little bit of time in the community, and you don't see any evidence of any impact being made in that community. And, you know and that's the thing, Alex. You're right. Salvation is nothing on us. We can't earn one second in heaven. It's all by grace through faith in Christ alone, plus nothing. But every man I see in the Bible that came face to face with Jesus left radically transformed. And you know, when you read about the churches in, in Scripture, you know, Thessalonica, you know, Paul applauded them because they had such a transformation from paganism to Christianity that their re- their reputation reverberated throughout Achaia and Macedonia. Uh, you know, you the church in Ephesus, you know, and here you have the temple to Dionysus here. There's one of the 
Seven Wonders of the Pagan World. And they had such a radical transformation there that, you know, they, of their own volition, it wasn't the Apostle Paul instigating them to do this. But, you know, the Scripture tells us they brought all their books of sorcery and witchcraft and all this, you know, tremendous dollar value of, of materials, and they burned it. They said, we don't need this anymore. And, of mm-hmm. course, the, the, the trade unions and things were concerned that this Christianity was going to affect their economy and shipwreck the community. Well, well, folks, that's what happens when you come face-to-face with Jesus. It should, Jesus should transform your life. And, and a church, uh, if it is truly a church, it should be engaging the community to transform the community. And unfortunately, we don't see much contagious Christianity uh, anymore. And that's one of the things that we are working on passionately with these Liberty Pastors camps. So let me ask you this. Um, you, you know, these numbers are, are relatively accurate, but they're somewhere around 300, maybe 340,000 churches in America. Uh, Barna says at least 65 million adult Christians and maybe 100 million, maybe 130 million adult Christians. Um, over half a million ordained clergy, and the numbers may be more like 750,000, maybe maybe three-quarters of a million ordained clergy, a lot of bookstores, radio stations. I mean, we've got a lot of Christian infrastructure in America. So here's the question, Paul. Uh, are we ever going to see a, one of these great awakenings like the type we read about in the history books? Buddy, that's what I'm working for. That's what we're praying for, and that's what we're doing this for. Uh, I mean, the reality is we've got to, we've got to engage and we've got to share the fundamental facts. This is one of the reasons I love apologetics, and I love what you're doing. For yeah. some reason, we've got this idea that Christianity is an emotion or a feeling. Well, some people may become emotional when they pray to receive Christ, but Christianity is not an emotion. Christianity is not a feeling. Christianity is based on fact. Either the tomb is empty or it's not. And if the tomb is empty, then Jesus is the Lord. Now, that's a significant uh, a truth claim right there. And every person has to make a decision what they're going to do with that bit of information. They can either, as Herod Agrippa did, uh, tell Paul, Paul, almost, you persuaded me to become a Christian, but I want none of that. Or, just as Thomas did, you fall on your knees and you cry out, my Lord and my God. But uh, we have gotten away from truly the fundamentals of Christianity. Hey, Paul, can you hold that thought? I sure can. Go ahead. Yeah, hang on. Hey, folks, you're listening to Airing the Addisons. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison on the American Family Radio Network. You can listen and more at AFR.net. Stay tuned. We're going to come back with more of Airing the Addisons and Pastor Paul Blair and more after this brief break. Do not go away. AFR is back after this. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. Most coaches frequently talk to players about their behavior on and off the field. No matter what happens to you on the field, don't compound the problem by trying to get back at whoever did something to you. Did you get that? It happens all the time in football, and it happens all the time in life. A friend or a spouse says something, and we retaliate angrily. When you find yourself in a volatile situation, don't make things worse by letting anger get the better of you. If you stay calm instead of reacting angrily, it will be easier to control yourself in whatever situation you're in. 
and it may have a lasting effect on someone else. New York Times best-selling author Tony Dungy. More at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. Hi, Frank Turek, co-author of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Please join me, Stephen Meyer, Gary Habermas, Hugh Ross, Chip Ingram, and many more at the 2019 SES National Conference on Christian Apologetics. It's October 11th and 12th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Whether you're new to apologetics or a seasoned veteran, you will walk away better equipped to engage the culture. Online sales end October 8th. For tickets and details, visit conference.ses.edu. That's conference.ses.edu. Everybody has a story. Has there been a time American Family Radio played an active role in your life? Isolation made me feel really lonely until I began listening all day, seven days a week. We invite you to share your AFR story to encourage others. Call 877-876-8893 and leave your story today. That's 877-876-8893 because everybody has a story. Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley, what is your title? The director of AFA Foundation. One of the best ways you can have income for the rest of your life and know that uh, you will be supporting the ministry of American Family Association is to... To give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio. Do you also deal with people who want to leave AFA in their wills? Yes, sir. That's exactly why they call. And that's why we also have another option besides a charitable gift annuity. People sometimes also call and do an outright gift or also leave us in their will. Now, when anyone calls in and asks to talk to you, ladies, will all of them talk in a Southern accent like you do? Yes, they will. <laughs> Call Riley Wildman at the AFA Foundation, 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Somebody earlier in the show quoted that James 4, verse 8. It's true. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. But listen to the latter part of that verse. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I do believe we need to cleanse our hearts, repent of sin, turn to God, get on our face, and beg God for a revival, especially in light of, of all this impeachment business and you know, as Abraham Lincoln said in the 19th century, a house divided against itself cannot stand. He was quoting scripture when he said that. And we need to pray for the Spirit of the Lord to move across this nation and give unity, not just unity among the body of Christ, but I mean, just among Americans. And welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here. You're listening to Airing the Addisons. Will and Mickey Addison are not at the mic today. They are actually en route to uh, Richmond, Virginia, where Mickey will be one of our keynote speakers at the Truth for a New Generation Apologetics and Worldview Conference Friday and Saturday, October 11 and 12. You can register and learn more at truthforanewgeneration.com. That's truthfor, truthforanewgeneration.com. 
Uh, one of the people with me on the show right now is uh, Dr. Paul Blair of Fairview Baptist in Oklahoma. He's also courageously, very effectively leading the Liberty Pastors Network, and he's just one of these guys. I wish you could know him like I do. You just you you meet this guy and you <laughs> see the Lord in his life. And uh, I remember, I don't know, five six years ago, I met Paul Blair. I thought I I want to be like that guy. That's who I want to emulate. But um, Paul, thanks for holding, and welcome back to the program. Uh, let me ask you something here. Um, wh- wh- where do you think the impeachment um, noise is going to end? What's going to be the outcome of this? Do you know? Oh, I think at the end of the day, the and this is what's sad. This is really what's sad, Alex. There's no objectivity. Uh, there's no fear of God or love of truth anymore. And uh, I think that, uh, obviously, uh, this is just pure party politics, and I believe that uh, the House of Representatives, being that it is controlled by the Democratic Party, which, by the way, is the party that celebrates and demands uh, unfettered access to baby murder. It's the party that demands that we redefine marriage. It's the party that is currently trying to demand that we make what the Bible calls sodomy and sin, uh, wanting to make that a protected civil right, which which would, if, they, if the Equality Act were passed, it would criminalize Christianity in America. But it would, the, yes. Those are some of the planks of the Democratic Party, but they are just out to try to get the scalp for this president. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that people can see it, it hasn't been a, a search for truth. It's been one thing after another. And every strategy that fails, they'll dig up something else and go after that. So I think at the end of the day, they will probably wind up being successful in an impeachment on the House side. But that means nothing. Then it will be handed over to the Senate. And since the Senate is controlled by Republicans, they won't do anything with it. So at the end of the day, this will wind up probably being a great fundraising mechanism for for Donald Trump. And he'll probably wind up being elected uh, president for the second time in in, uh, 2020. And uh, from my perspective, hopefully people will see this and will vote the uh, Democrats out of the House uh, in 2020. Well, you know, there's that old saying to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. (laughs) I I mean, you know, they've wanted anything. I mean, and the sad thing is, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi and and so many uh, on the left, look, they're willing to override the the votes of the American people, the democratic right. process, the constitutional government, at any cost, just get rid of Donald Trump. I mean, even at the expense of of doing irreparable harm to the country, uh, they they want this at any cost. Am I right? Well, and, and you're right, Alex. And this is a sad thing. Uh, this is where our people need to understand it. And one of the things that we do cover in the vast array of things we cover in our Liberty Pastors Network. Now, this is some something more extensive, but but recognize that every Christian will answer this correctly. When you ask them what institutions are on planet Earth, they'll say, "Oh, well, there's the home, there's the church, and there's human government." And they'll and then you ask the question, "Well, who established these three institutions on planet Earth?" We'll say, well, God established the home, and God established the church, and God established this institution called uh, civil, civil government. government. And then you say, well, where would you go for counsel on, for example, how your home should function? And if any pastor is worth his salt, if a couple came to him seeking marital counsel, he'd go to the pages of Scripture. 
The same thing is true for how a church is organized or church discipline or anything of that nature. And every pastor and every Christian would say, amen. But then when you say, okay, well, where do you go for instruction about civil government? All of a sudden, you hear crickets, not recognizing the, the inconsistency in their response. But if God, in fact, did establish the institution of civil government, then you recognize that he's got an awful lot to say about it. So you'd also go to the pages of Scripture for principles on proper, limited civil government. Well, see, our forefathers knew those things. And there was this group of pastors during the time of the War for Independence that the British gave a derogatory uh, definition or name for called the Black Robe Regiment. Because in that day, pastors wore black clerical robes, and every Sunday these pastors would ascend into their elevated pulpits and, as the, the historians say, stir the people's hearts towards liberty. The pastors actually preached messages to new legislatures as they were being seated for a legislative cycle and, and lay out to them what God expected of them. And pastors would actually preach before their congregations, before elections, uh, talking about the candidates and talking about what the Word of God says is the limited responsibility of civil government. And these sermons were one of the things that were so widely published. They were called election sermons, and they were spread throughout the colonies. And as the historian Alice Baldwin from Duke University said in 1919 in her research, she said, these sermons became textbooks on politics. So the colonial uh, citizen learned their view of civil government from the preachers in the pulpit. They were experts on what God's design was for limited civil government. Yes. Now, the problem is, we don't know anything from a biblical perspective of why civil government was established biblically, what it was for, and what its limitations are for. And quite frankly, the way our Constitution was, was drafted, it was beautiful, because we aren't supposed to be 320 million people run by a Supreme Court or run by a superior, a superior imperial president. We're supposed to be a union of sovereign states, and the states delegated few and defined responsibilities to a limited general government for our general welfare and common defense. The way we were designed, one president shouldn't be able to wreck the country, or one Supreme Court shouldn't be able to wreck the country, because the federal government just wasn't given that much power. And quite frankly, it's the only way that we're going to succeed now. If you allow liberal states the ability to be liberal, conservative states the ability to maintain their conservative viewpoint, but we work together under a limited general government, which is what the Constitution defines, then mm -hmm. we can work together uh, for our general welfare and our common defense. Well, but unfortunately, the average Christian doesn't know diddly about any of this. Well, you know, that's why it's so important that, you know, that we're doing what we do, not only trying to preach the gospel and win mm -hmm. souls to Christ, but look, folks, we're trying to educate people about the yeah. operation of, of America. And Paul, yeah. I want your response. I'm sure, like the rest of us, over the weekend, you probably saw uh, in Dallas, Texas, where Judge Tammy Kemp uh, and uh, one of the family members of a person that was murdered uh, during the sentencing uh, Amber Geiger was uh, sentenced to 10 years, mm -hmm. and there were some very touching words of forgiveness and encouragement, and Judge Tammy Kemp gave a hug and gave yep. a Bible, uh, and the judge made some good remarks about morality and life, yep. but yep. the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation, a secular-based group, has filed a lawsuit 
uh, challenging that judge for giving away a Bible. Uh, now, l- let me say this, folks. Um, to recognize morality, like when we're pro-life, the left will always cry out, well, you know, that violates the First Amendment, the non-establishment clause. But um, freedom of religious expression in no way was meant by the founders to connote the abolition of any recognition of moral boundaries or Christianity. But um, And this is one of the reasons that we would beg Christians to speak truth, try to educate your friends and family, and pastors, if you're a pastor listening, and by the way, folks, I've, I've pastored two churches, and Paul is pastoring a couple, and believe you, we know the fine diplomatic line that a minister feels like he has to walk sometimes, but Paul, um, two, a two-fold question, what, what's your response to the unrelenting militant secularists like this, that any reference to God by a public official, they threaten litigation, and then how as Christians and clergy should we respond to the unrelenting threat of enforced secularism? Well, we have got to stand strong, and we've got to go to go back to the true foundations upon which our government was founded. If this organization truly wants to live under a government that promotes atheism, where if there is no God, understand this is why uh, every totalitarian government uh, either has an atheistic communism or a, a, or a theocratic totalitarianism, because the government must ultimately become the supreme being. And if this person, whoever this group is that's suing, wants to live under an atheistic government, well, tell them to, to move to, to China or, or perhaps to uh, Cuba or the, or the Soviet Union. The reason we have what we have here, of course, the Soviet Union is all, forgive me for that, but the reason we have what we have now (laughs) is because uh, our forefathers recognized that there was the ultimate lawgiver, and that was God. And the foundation of our Declaration of Independence was based upon this thing called the laws of nature and nature's God. Thank you. Well, if you want to look that up, Sir William Blackstone was the authority on English law at the time of our founding. And every term in the Declaration is actually defined. It's a legal term. And the laws of nature and nature's God include such things as we can see in natural law, for example, the law of gravity. But it also specifically says that the morality of natural law has been defined and articulated specifically in the, in the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testament. So the reason we have our liberty, the reason we have our religious liberty, civil liberty, everything else, the reason we have the idea that all men are created equal, the reason we have the idea that the family is one man, one woman, and our laws of morality and ownership and private property rights and everything else is because those were the truths articulated in the Scriptures. So whenever God had spoken, our forefathers believed the matter was settled. And only in areas that God hadn't spoken in is where man was free to legislate. So the reason we have the limited general government we have now is because of the Christian influence of our forefathers. Exactly. And, they reckon, and, and buddy, let me just tell you, one key, and this, is, this will be so big for, for members of your listening audience, if Christians would understand that there's, you know, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything we're facing today is, has been dealt with, and it's been dealt with in Scripture that God has assigned the responsibility to one of four realms of government. You know, when we think of government, we immediately think of the United States Capitol or something like that, but that's not true. 
there are actually, biblically, four realms of government. There's self-government, there's family government, there's church government, and then there's civil government. And when we recognize that, yes, God has dealt with every issue we face and has assigned responsibility to one of those four realms. Now, here's the thing. Who's responsible for making a decision to accept Christ or not? Well, the government can't make you accept Christ. That's up to you. That's part of self-government. You're responsible for that. But in other areas, for example, education. Who, according to the Scripture, assign, has, where has the responsibility to oversee education been assigned? Well, according to the Scripture, that's moms and dads. That's family government. Moms mm-hmm. and dads are supposed to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When we look at the Scripture, we recognize that civil government is supposed to do a limited number of things. Really, the role of the civil government is to punish evildoers, to protect those of us that are doing well, that we may live peaceably in all godliness. Very limited responsibility. And when we recognize a biblical worldview, and we put everything in its proper channel, we'd be amazed at how beautifully society functions. Amen. You know what, uh, in 1961, JFK uh, wrote the introduction to the American Heritage History of the United States, and in it he quotes uh, John Dos Pesos, who was a novelist and historian, and Pesos said, quote, "...in times of change and danger, when there is a quicksand of fear under men's reasoning, a sense of continuity with generations past can stretch like a lifeline across the scary present." Part of the reason, folks, that we talk about history, we talk about Scripture, we talk about the worldview of the Founding Fathers is because that is the pathway back. The pathway forward is a pathway back, back to the foundations we've forgotten, back to the values and convictions that we've temporarily missed. And Paul Blair is helping restore those and proclaim those. Paul, I want to thank you. Folks, we've got a big week. I'm going to be sitting in for the Addisons this week on Earing the Addisons on the American Family Radio Network. Listen, for God and country, pray, promote, stand strong. I do want to give you this number again for listener testimonies, 877-876-8893. Give us your listener testimony of how the American Family Association has touched your life. Hey, we'll be with you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Keep us in prayer and tell somebody about Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.